Welcome everybody to the Seven Figure Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Nick, with my co-host, Jack. What's up, guys? We're looking forward to connecting people all across the country, showing them how to sell real estate, make money in real estate, invest in real estate, and just be a good person. Hopefully, we're here for the long run. I just saw the Amazon bill, and it was a shocker. So we've got cameras, we've got lights, and hopefully, knowledge to provide. Yeah, full-time media guy behind the camera, and... I'm super excited to grow the community. In this episode, we're going to talk about networking. We're going to talk about our goals with this brand, networking with you guys and providing free education and tons and tons of networking value. Some of our stories as far as real estate investing, how Nick got his start in the industry. And yeah, with that said, let's get right into the episode. Um, We don't know the name of the show yet. (laughs) Yeah. Just full transparency. We're coming up with it right now. By the time this goes live, I'm sure there will be some type of name embedded for you guys. But I'm super excited to start this show. First, I want to talk about how Nick and I met. I think it's like a cool story and plays well along with like this whole real estate networking theme yeah, that we super have going great. on. Yeah. So yeah, Nick, you want to take this story? Yeah. So, you know, I was at a real estate conference, you know, uh, just learning how to do things better. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Jack came and sat at the table and we started talking and I was like, so who do you guys sell real estate for? I'm like, well, we don't sell real estate. <laughs> well, what are you doing at a real estate conference? Well, we're just networking. Yeah. And it was really cool. I was like, so what are you networking for? And, um, you know, you shared your other, you shared your other podcast with us. And I was like, well, let me look this up under the table. And I kind of type it in. I was like, wait yeah. a second. You don't have a little YouTube following. Yeah. It was really cool. So, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to really get to know you guys and meet you. Yeah. And it was cool. And I think after that, I think we exchanged numbers and then yeah. we ended up just kind of getting coffee a few times, talking, talking about other business ideas. And, What's really cool is kind of like our mix of skill sets. Like I understand social media and short form content and you understand selling real estate. So I don't know, eventually down the line, eventually I think we got sushi and we kind of talked about, oh, let's just like combine what we're doing. Like you understand social media marketing and growing like an audience and you understand how to sell real estate. So I think literally that day I went back to like into my office and bought uh, like a real estate licensing Right. Education. Yeah, and you then, totally did. And then in two weeks, I had it done. Yeah. And then I was kind of gone for a while, and then I came back and took passed, the test. Passed the test, and now I got my license. Yeah, so, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, like, like truly, like it's amazing. So many people buy that class and then take six months and then to get the test, and you know, so. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My brain's probably still a little swollen from yeah. it. it. It took. I sure. had to. Um, it, it was like a lot of. I thought it was gonna be easier than it was. It yeah. was a lot of reading. Um, yeah. I don't it know if I've ever read a textbook that fast, but <laughs> it was. Um, I'm super excited to be here and kind of combining our skill sets and let's talk about like our this like our whole goal with like this brand this podcast and growing kind of like a national brokerage of like really good uh I mean our target is like younger entrepreneurs who like aren't licensed yet but I mean we'll really work with anyone right from anywhere from like an interpersonal level creating educational content and then creating a community around that and then I think the biggest thing too is like doing the networking for them like the hard networking of like getting your foot in the door like setting up with like a super good brokerage in their area, like a top right. performing brokerage, yeah. getting them buyer leads, getting them sellers, what may be. But it's really cool because talk about your experience. And I think we're going to really use your brain as an asset for teaching kind of everyone in this podcast community um, in terms of like how you've grown as a realtor and how long have you been in the game? Uh, this is my 22nd year. 22nd so year. Over, over two decades. Okay, cool. How, how much in, in real estate have you sold over the last 22 years? Oh, I wish I had a great number, but million, uh, you know, hundreds of millions. I mean, that's pretty cool. Hundreds yeah. Of millions. Yeah. Hundred, hundreds of millions, I would say, you know, yeah. Hundreds of millions. Okay. And then in commission income, you know, there to follow. Yeah. So 
it's easy to get a real estate license. Like anyone right. can just take a course right. and then take the test and then get their license. Mm-hmm. But the hard part is the systems in place right. and developing those systems. Like how did you, like, did you have a mentor when you got yeah, into the Yeah, I game? totally had a mentor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, and you know, my mentor was, you know, groundbreaking, you know, in, in the, in the greater Portland market, you know, she started out uh, as a single mom and started selling real estate and was one of the top earners, you know, top, top producers right out of the gate. Yeah. And, you know, she developed systems and created systems and work. And then I came on board and ran with those systems, made those systems bigger and better and changed them. And, you know, really, you know, really she laid the groundwork, work ethic, how to generate leads, how to, how to service a client, because that's really the key. Yeah. So these systems have been how many years in developing since, since uh, 1984, since 1984, these systems. And then our goal was like, all right, now we're going to show with you guys these systems. Oh yeah. And, and then, like open book, you know, like, this is how I do it. This is how I generate a lead. This is how I get, you know, once you generate a lead, this is how I, what I say at a table. This is, you know, I mean, we can show you every step. And the craziest thing too is like, we're doing this like all for free. 100%. Like we don't want to like normally, you know, you can go out and pay like $5,000 for Grant Cardone's real of estate thing. But, or you could like work personally with a brand and like a proven system for free. And like, what's the risk? You know what I mean? Yeah, there is no risk. And I, I think the coolest thing about real estate too is it's almost it like really, it, there's a lot of professions out there. For example, like trading, I come from like a stock trading background yep. um, where you can't kind of half-ass. Like if you try to half-ass trading, you're going to lose money. Right. If you try to half-ass starting a coffee shop, you're, it's it's not going to go well. Your employees are going to be mismanaged. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to keep track of inventory properly. Right. But real estate, like, really, is something like you can just passively learn and mm-hmm. network, and then it, it it like the what's the word like the fruits of, in the future you'll be yeah. able to. Reap so it's a, it's a very very organic. You know, you you sow seeds. You know, you sow seeds, and then later on you'll 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 bear the fruit. Right? Exactly. So. Real estate, you can do that. You know, our industry, real estate industry, it has not had the best reputation, right? You know, they, mm-hmm. they usually, you'll see us, you know, they'll, they'll depict us as one step above a used car salesman. But, you know, really what, we, what I did wanting to get into this business was change the business. I wanted to make the business more professional, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because 100%, you can do this part-time. I mean, it used to be, you know, not to, to overclassify, but it used to be, you know, people that would just do it part-time, yeah. you know? Um, and sit at their kitchen table. And, but now, you know, there are a lot of people that have turned this into a profession, you know, yeah. and they do it as a business and it's a profession. Well, we were kind of talking about like back in the day, the real estate agent, being a real estate agent wasn't like a glorified job. And then all of a sudden these no. Netflix shows like selling sunsets started coming out and people started seeing $100,000, $200,000 commission checks. Right. And they realized like, oh shoot, there's actually a lot of potential in this industry. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like all these people flooded in the industry. And then it's, I think just the mass number of now competition mm-hmm. has been good for the industry, making it evolve and becoming more and more professional. Right. And people are realizing like, oh shoot, real, this is a business that is highly high. Can you explain like how, how was real estate being an agent like scalable? Oh, sure. I mean, so real estate, you know, you, you scalable through leverage. Yeah. Okay. So through leverage, if you, once you, once you get to a certain saturation point, you can't handle any more clients. Exactly. You just don't have time. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is you need to then hire an assistant. Mm-hmm. So when you hire your assistant, the assistant's going to take a lot of that paperwork. You know, a lot of the stuff off your plate that you can't handle any longer, mm-hmm. you know, co- client communications, emails, phone calls, you know, all of that stuff, which will allow you to free yourself up to work with more people. Yeah. Right. So once you get to work with more people, now you've, then you would then hire a second assistant mm-hmm. and that assistant's going to handle your marketing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to even get even busier. So you're going to now not going to be mar- doing all the marketing. And then from there you, you would tack on a buyer agent. 
and then your buyer agent would hail to all of your buyers and you would just deal with deal with listings because listings is where the money is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's money in buyers as well, but listings you can manage. I mean, I can manage 50 listings, yeah. but I only manage about 10 buyers at one time, right? Because a buyer needs to go out and look at a house and run around and do all of this stuff. It's just mm-hmm. much more time consuming. Interesting. That's actually, yeah, that's a really cool point. And another thing about real estate too, which kind of just popped in my head is I was thinking about like, obviously I have other businesses and some mm-hmm. of them are very capital intensive and some require no capital. Right. But as far as like getting into real estate as a business, it's, I mean, shoot, you got to pay for the education, which is normally around like $500 right. and then uh, get into a firm. And then there's obviously some other like fees that come involved, but mm-hmm. you're not really going to be spending more than $3,000 to become a real estate agent. No, not at all. And that, you don't own any product. Exactly. And you own zero product, which is really cool because then you're like, okay, and then you, you know, you get a couple uh, leads, you become established, and then you can start scaling, and then bringing on a team member. So it's like a really, as far as risk goes, and mm-hmm. risking a ton of money, and maybe someone who doesn't have a lot of money to start, it's a, there's a ton of potential from right. like nothing. Yeah, I mean, the problem with our industry and is the lower barrier barrier to entry. Yeah, but it's also good. Yeah, right. I mean, because you can, as you said, I mean, you can come to the table with no money. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can market yourself well, learn the industry, learn what you're going to what, learn what you need to do, and be ethical, you can make a lot of money. So let's let's talk about some some wins and successes that we've had. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in real estate, because this is a real estate podcast. Yeah, I think that's pretty fitting. So talk about okay, you. I like your story. We were talking about. I think we talked about this at one of our coffee or lunches, whatever. Sure. You talked about how you got in the real estate game yeah. first, and your mentor said. If you want to learn how to sell real estate, you got to buy some real estate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Is, which is really funny. Yeah. Which is great. You know, and so young. Did you, did you have much money? Like, how much money do you have at that time? I had no money. I mean, I had a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was just uh, my working career was very, you know, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur very on way, way before entrepreneur was cool. You know, I, wa- <laughs> I wanted to own a business, I wanted to run a business. I wanted, um, I wanted my name at the bottom of the check. I didn't want somebody else's. Okay. So, you know, I had, I had, you know, let's call it $10,000. I mean, not a lot. And my mentor was like, listen, if you're going to sell real estate, you need to buy real estate. You need to know what your clients are going to go through. So I found a property in Old Orchard and um, I bought that single family home and I moved in it and started renovating it and doing, you know, painting and bathrooms and stuff like that. You know, just low work that I could do when I wasn't working. Come to find out, I was looking at looking at the tax maps and realized that there there actually was a buildable lot next door. So I ended up going coming home one day having, you know, beat my head against the wall and I ripped down a, an above ground pool that was sitting there and then started my construction, you know? So ended up buying a house, realizing that there was a real, there was a buildable lot next door, yep. built that buildable, built that house there mm-hmm. and ended up the house, ended up selling the house that I bought and then moved into the new house and then ended up selling that. And that whole transaction, I made over a hundred thousand dollars. And how old were you and how long did that I was 22 hold? years old and it took me about, you know, less than six months, maybe no, because that would build, it was over a year. Okay. So, after you kind of did that, you're like, oh shit, this is cool. I like yeah, this. It was really cool. I mean, you know, after I did that, you know, I had this pile of money, went actually to my mentor and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to buy a boat and live <laughs> on it. And she's like, yeah, that's a great idea, Nick. Buy a depreciating asset. Which <laughs> so did you buy more real estate? I bought more real estate. Oh yeah. And, and what did that roll into? So that rolled into a condo uh, yeah. and then a duplex. And then my duplex rolled into more duplexes and then uh, into multifamilies. So now that's, that's, that's where that's, that's my growth trajectory is to buy more real estate and more units mm-hmm. so or doors. That's interesting. So it's like the ability, I think, and also the ability like pyramid equity and real estate and borrowing against. Sure. So you can talk about like how did you get the money to build? Because it was probably like what, like $100,000 to build the spec house? Uh, it was a little bit more than that. But yeah, it was called 150 grand, I think. Grand. So how'd you get that money? So 
<clears throat> so that we, we, you know, we'll, we'll get, we can get really gritty, but you know, I've got the house itself. I realize that there's a buildable lot next door. So there's instant equity in that buildable lot, right? Okay. Because there was that, there was not a buildable lot there at the time. So did you subdivide it and then borrow and then you borrowed against the equity in the land? Correct. Okay. So what I ended up doing is I ended up subdividing it. I had to go to the bank, I had to go to the original bank mm -hmm. and get them to do a partial release because it was already, the whole land was already oh, lean. So you already, so then you owned this outright. Yeah. So I had to get a partial release because there was enough equity in the primary house oh, to get a partial release. So I actually owned cool. the land free and clear at that time. Okay. So then I took, went out and did a land loan or mm. construction loan to mm. build. So I had no, no, no money out of pocket from there because I used the bank's money to build. Yeah. So I built that house on the bank's money. That's really interesting. And what were the interest rates at that time? Uh, 7%. Which is really funny because people are like complaining about like, six, it's, it's like six, six right now, but back yeah. in the 1980s, 1990, 2000, yeah. interest rates were like, that was normal, like 7%. Yeah. Even. So my mother yeah. um, bought her first house, it was 17%. Yeah. So now, you know, I mean, I bought my house was, I think, but I think the house that I bought, it was like seven and a half and that, you know, the, the new construction was like six and a half. Something like that. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're right where we need to be. I mean, Interest rates, and we can get into this on a later topic um, or later later podcast, but interest rates right now, you know, once we settle out around five, five and a half, I think that's where we're going to be for a long time. I mean, they just peaked uh, last month. Um, again, I think they tapped out to seven, but you know, that, that's just yeah. because of other stuff, other stuff's going on. As an agent that's like actively involved in the real estate market, how much of a slowdown in uh, buyer versus seller and buyer and seller leads have you noticed because of the interest rate hike? Um, I think there's been a, I think there was a, a giant slowdown um, when it first happened, mm -hmm. um, but things are starting to tick back up. But there's always there's always people buying and selling. Yeah, like so when if you you know when I talk to agents, they're like, oh, there's um, there's no business, there's no business, there's no business. Mm -hmm. And I'll go to the MLS and I'll say, okay, look at let, let me see what closed today, mm -hmm. and fifty houses closed. Like, yeah. no, those those agents are just doing a better job marketing. Yeah. Right. I mean, they found those buyers. You just didn't find the buyers. Mm -hmm. you, if somebody found the sellers, you, you know, in one, one transaction, let's say 50 houses closed yesterday. That's actually two transactions. So there's a hundred deals right there. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're just not doing a good job finding those people. It's not that there isn't business. Okay. That's interesting. Getting into real estate when you're young yeah. is key. I, I agree. I mean, I, Initially, like my passion was real estate. Before I ever got into stocks, it was like real estate. I picked up like every like real estate right. book I can get my hands on. And what I did, which I think was super important to kind of like my early success was I found a real estate mentor. Right. And I went to his properties every, and this was kind of back during COVID. Mm -hmm. And what happened was all these inns in my, I lived in like a resort town. So all these inns started closing down and he started buying up all the inns for mm -hmm. like on fire sale because they were all going out of business and right. nobody wanted it. Why would you want to buy an inn? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? When they were going out of business. Right. So he bought them and then he was converting them all into Airbnb. So they were all these old inns built in like 1780. The, one of the names was literally like the 1785 inn. Wow. And because it was built in 1785. Yeah. And it had wallpaper from 1785. And I was doing like the, like, the, <laughs> like a classic, classic like internship for literally zero pay. Yeah. Like scraping down old wallpaper. And mm -hmm. then in exchange, I would get knowledge. I would go down right. into like the common room or the restaurant area in the inn. And we talk about uh, creative financing for like two hours mm -hmm. and like how T-bills work. And I was 16. I was learning about like all this like really cool economic and like knowledge right. and how to like properly leverage money. Mm -hmm. And then I started writing like, um, geez, I mean, I started like doing marketing for him. I would like drive around and mm -hmm. I'd find properties that I liked. And then I would go on to like the tax parcel ID mm -hmm. and then I would find the name of the owners and I'd look them up in like a, 
uh, like a white pages or whatever. I forgot what those are called. And yep. they'd get their number and then I'd like cold call them, mm-hmm. which I found out is actually like illegal. <laughs> not, like not, not really, but I mean, if they're on the do not call list, it is, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what that yeah. even was. I was just calling people. Sure. Never, never got a lead. Um, almost, I mean, I remember I almost got my hands on equity in like a $1.2 million, like 10 unit multifamily that I found and got like, mm-hmm. and then someone outbid us by like a hundred thousand. We actually like had a $1.1 million offer and I was going to wow. get like 20% equity and I was 16. That's awesome. And I was like, I was so happy. It, when it didn't go through, I was pretty let down. But anyways, never yeah. gave up. And then one day I found a property. The owners were getting divorced. So it was kind of like a distressed sale. Mm-hmm. And they owned a bakery. Yeah. So the house was super freaking weird. Like the kitchen was actually an industrial kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a normal kitchen. Like it wasn't like usable at all. It was a normal kitchen. Sure. So the property was weird. It was a couple getting divorced. So they had it on the market for like three seventy five, mm-hmm. And then we offered... I was like, all right, we'll offer 300,000 because this is like, it, it needed around $150,000. And this is during COVID. And this is during, this is October of 2020. Okay. We buy, we end up getting the house and, but I didn't have any money. I was, I was 17 mm-hmm. at the time. So I went to my mom. I said, mom, these are the numbers in the house. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, they're distressed. Sale. And she actually helped me a lot through the, the, nego- I kind of went to her earlier in this process. But anyways, what we did was, you know, and, and my mom's like successful, like she's, uh, she's money, but not enough to like go, you know, go buy a three hundred thousand dollars house in cash. Sure. And so we kind of came up with this creative financing in in lieu of the, my old real estate mentor. Kind of what he taught me was what we were going to do is we we're going to borrow against the equity, mm-hmm. right? Borrowing against equity is huge. Like keyword being able to pyramid equity, borrowing against equity in our primary residence, right? And because what happened was with COVID and kind of like the recovery from COVID or sorry, it was October, 2021. So this was like the recovery of COVID. Sure. So all of a sudden like houses went up in value by $70,000. Sure. So our house went up in value by like $70,000. So got that was appraised, got that value realized by the bank and mm-hmm. then borrow against that additional equity in the home. Right. And then use that as a down payment on the new property mm-hmm. and then combine the two mortgages and then extended the amortization. Correct. So all of a sudden we're paying the same amount that we were, but now we have two houses. Correct. And we were able to, again, borrow against more equity to get a line of credit to pay for $150,000 in renovations. Right. So this, the renovations took from October to February mm-hmm. and now rents out for like $350 a night on Airbnb. That's awesome. And we're selling it. And then it's on the market for like $700,000. And we bought it for three hundred. dollars Yeah, that's a so, huge win. Exactly. So that was kind of like my first... That's why I got my hand. And then in exchange for kind of like me being involved and motivating and the knowledge in the property. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was there after school at like... 10 o'clock framing walls because right. um, I used to work construction for like the entire, for a lot of the process, I got 20% equity, like sure. sweat, sweat equity. Cause yeah. I didn't put up the money. I was like, all right, if I just got a little bit of equity, but you know, there's a hundred thousand or it's a little, it's like $80,000 in equity in a property mm-hmm. and I'm 17. So, We hope you're enjoying this episode today. We partner with the CE Shop to help you get licensed in over 27 states in the United States. Reach out to us today so you can make your way to a seven-figure real estate agent. Please go check out the show notes and go to my website, www.danbrygarin.com. If you are interested in buying or selling real estate in the state of Maine, give us a call. We'd be more than happy to help you grow your net worth. The ability to get involved in real estate and partner too with people. Mm -hmm. It's like if you surround yourself with like a real estate mentor and he's like, hey, listen, if you bring me a deal and you do all the property analysis as far as profit, losses, Mm -hmm. expenses, you manage the construction, you're actually there doing construction, you manage a lot of the financing, like hell yeah, I'll give you 20% equity in this property. Yeah. So- <clears throat> the ability to get your hands on real estate because it is like a leverage game, right? You, right. I mean, you talked about how you got your first house with a three three point five percent down, you know. Right. 
And anyone could work their butts off for and make $10,000 and get that into a property. Sure. And then it's kind of like the segue of like being a real estate agent too. It just all works together so well. You become an agent, you know, you sell a couple houses, you have $10,000 in cash under your belt. And then all of a sudden now you have real estate connections in the game. Right. You can, you can be your agent for the own listing. So now you save money on the commission check and just put that right back into the property. Correct. And you understand how it works and you kind of have this like now network of real estate mentors you can go and ask questions to. Yeah. I mean, but, but even think about you know, as a real estate agent, even think about this, you know, about this deal, you know, so you're, you're working with an investor yeah. who says, geez, I want to go buy this house and you've mm-hmm. got 3% in the deal on your, on, well, we can't do that with commissions, but you've got, you, you've got a percentage of commission that's going to come to you. Yeah. What if you go to that investor and say, Hey, I want to roll that into the deal. Exactly. You know, and you, more equity. Yeah, that you, you can borrow against. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a wonderful game. And if you learn financing, you know, it's 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 you know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, I mean, you can, you know, stocks and you know, I know that's your background, stocks and bonds and trading and all that stuff. You can leverage money yeah. so much easier with real estate than you can and, in the stock. You know, in a stock stock portfolio, if you you need a hundred thousand dollars to trade a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, right. You know, I can go get a hundred thousand dollars with three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And the thing is too, it's. It's a lot less risky. Mm-hmm. There are, like, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of risk in you know buying a, a hundred thousand dollar house for three thousand um, dollars. But as far as like trading, you know, let's say if I want to leverage my money using options, like sure. I, I can blow that money like that. With right. real estate, it's it's like a it's a, it's, a, it's it's not as liquid. Exactly. Though. It's not it's not as liquid. But real estate, you know, the house has value. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna always go. it's always it's have. always gonna have value. Yeah. Like, so if you bought it for a hundred thousand dollars. You know, at least in our market, in the greater Portland area, even in 08, the worst downturn we the state of Maine has seen in a long time, mm-hmm. we only lost about 23% of value. Exactly. You and if I, I, mean? I buy like an, a risky option contract, it could lose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is 100% of value right. literally in a minute. Yeah. It, and it's possible. So, so that's what I was getting at. It's like real estate, it's their assets and their, there's a, it, what's the word? It's, it's finite and the, I think it's the hemorrhagic homogeneity, like the mm-hmm. uniqueness of a property, like no property is ever the same. Right. Therefore, it has like a, no property is ever going to be worth zero dollars the no. next day, unless something. I don't even is that even possible? I no, mean, land, no, because land, land is never going to disappear. Land is never. I mean, the house could burn down, but that's like. Yeah. That's but then you still have equity in the land, exactly. And as long as you have it insured, you're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do, you know, is when you when you first start, you want to make sure that you're targeting the right people and you're going to target your network first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even if you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you have a network. So right. like, where, who is my network? Yes. It's the kids that you went to high school with, but it, you know, your kids, yeah, you're the kids you went to high school with, or you're going to high school with are not your buyers currently. Mm-hmm. They're going to be your buyers later on, but currently it could be their parents. Mm-hmm. It could be their, um, you know, it could be your football coach. It could be your hockey coach. It could be whomever, you know, in that network, it could be the person behind the barista counter at the coffee shop that you go to, yeah. you know, it could be your teachers, you know, where whomever you have a connection with could be a potential client because everybody is a potential client. Mm. You know, everybody needs a place to live, wants a place to live. And it's the American dream to own a home, right? So yeah. like everybody will eventually want to buy a home mm-hmm. or buy an investment property because it's just the way you're going to make a ton of money. Yeah. So you know, how do you focus on, you know, who do you focus on? You know, if you look at, um, you know, if you're getting into this young and you're, you know, not to, you know, not to uh, speak poorly about, you know, say one of your friend's parents are getting a divorce, yeah. you know, I mean, you said that you bought your transaction. It was a divorced couple, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a real estate agent, that divorced couple, that's one transaction. They're going to sell the house that they're bought, that they're, that they lived in together. Yep. And then if you're lucky, each of them are buying a house. So that one that one connection is potentially three sales, hmm. right? So yeah. you've got, you know, <laughs> and 
you know, and if you have somebody, you know, if, if you have, you know, the average, you know, let's just, let's say, let's use my average sale. My average sale is $650,000. Yeah. So right there is a potential for $1.8 million in transactions and $1.8 million in transactions plus the commission. You're, you know, it's not a bad day. That's funny. So it's a real estate agent. I mean, it's kind of like dark humor, but you get a call from like, Hey, we're getting divorced. We need to sell our house and buy two houses. You're going to like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's not, not, you know, you're not uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not, um, how can I say you don't want to, uh, benefit from their tragedy, but you're, you, you know, but it, it's, it's about working smarter, not harder. And, correct. And finding multiple transaction deals. Yeah. You know, and ultimately it, at the end of the day, what I truly, you know, this is what I truly believe in my heart. If you give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. Mm-hmm. So I'm never looking towards one transaction. I'm never looking towards that trans or that, that commission check. Yeah. Because if you do, if you're do that, you're going to have commission breath and nobody's going to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you're just, if they think you're in it, commission breath. Yeah. If they think you're in it for just the money, yeah, you're never going to survive. Oh, that's interesting. Commission breath. I like that. Yeah. Um, so all right, can you give me an example of like a multiple transaction deal? Is it like finding a buyer to a seller and then that seller needs a sure. new house and then finding that that buyer? Yeah, so I mean, th- this has happened to me in the past, you know, and I'll, I'll try to t- tie it all together. But, you know, you've got one client who calls you and says, hey, geez, Nick, I really want to sell my house, but I'm not willing to move unless I find something that I want to go. And that's usually what happens, right? Mm-hmm. It, people are stuck. And right now we have an inventory shortage because people are stuck. Because of you know? interest rates. Well, interest rates, but there's really, there's no inventory. You know, you know, you know, this supply and demand, right? Yeah. More supply. Mm -hmm. There's the prices are going to come down. Yeah. Right. Less supply prices are going to go up and that's what's happening right now. There are just no houses on the market. Interesting. Well, do you think that's kind of because like, you know, people bought their homes 10 years ago, whatever they've mm -hmm. now they've appreciated 50%. Sure. You know, interest rates have gone up, whatever, 3%. Mm -hmm. So now they want to go buy a house but now all the houses are even more. So it's like they right. really can't upgrade a house. And then just by taking on a new loan, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, if they have like a 2% loan, 3% loan, right. they're like, it, yeah, it would why be would stupid I get rid of it? to right. throw that out the window. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's some of that. Um, um, but I also think that we're, we have an, a, a housing stock shortage and that goes back all the way to 2008 when we had the crash, right? Builders stopped building. Mm-hmm. You know, we need about a half a million homes built in the United States annually just so, to keep up a population. So that's funny. Growth. Even though interest rates are sky high, right? The record high as far as, what do you say? They just say like 7%. Yeah, 7%. Let's yeah. just say in the last 15 years. Housing prices are still going up. Correct. Because there's not a lot of supply. Yeah. That's crazy. So, okay, that's really interesting. I mean, I would have thought the opposite because interest rates are going up. Not many people are buying, but it's more about actually the sell. The, is it like the sellers control the price really mm-hmm. more than the actual... Well, I mean, the sellers control the price, but really the market controls the price. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, you can put, you can put your one bedroom condo on the market for $4 million, but nobody's going to buy it in, in the local market. Maybe in New York city they would, but you know, here in Portland, Maine, you know, you've got to price your home or your property in the correct segment of the market. That's going to get the most eyeballs, right? Back to supply and demand. So if you want to, if you, if you don't, if you list the home in a segment of the market that's where your buyer is not, nobody's going to see it. When you say segment in a market, you're talking about like financial. I can afford a house that's over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but sure. I can't. But three hundred thousand is too much for yeah. me. Yeah. So, so when I'm talking much. when I'm talking about a segment of market, somebody calls me up and says, "Hey, Nick, I want to buy a house. Okay, what's your price point? I'm I can afford up to six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I would search a market that's probably basically five hundred to six hundred thousand mm-hmm. because there's no inventory. The more inventory, I would probably shrink that up. You yeah. know, I'd probably say, okay, five fifty to six hundred. Yeah. So 
that buyer that's only searching up to $600,000, if you list your home at 605, mm-hmm. that buyer's not going to see it just because of the search engines, mm-hmm. right? You go to the Zillow and you say, geez, I want to look, I want to buy a house that goes to this price to this price. Yeah. So really positioning your home in the segment of the market that's going to get the most eyeballs, which is creates demand, mm-hmm. is going to increase price. Okay, because price is ultimately what controls someone being able to buy a house the most. It's not really the location. It's like, first, they got to look at the price. And if the Correct. price doesn't hit, then it's like, it's, yeah. it's out of the picture. Right. So create, do you have any stories of like where you've like manipulated price to, and it's kind of like helped sell the deal faster or something? Um, I'm hitting at the store. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there was, there was one instance where I had a property listed at, at one price. And what I ended up doing is I actually took it off the market and I said, well, geez, that's not the right price. And instead of lowering the price, I actually increased the price. <laughs> So when I increased the price, they actually sold it the next day because that buyer just wasn't looking at the price point that I had it marketed at. So I wasn't marketing to the right audience. Now, obviously, that's that's Have, that's really funny. I mean, that's kind of like has that happened multiple times or just that one time? A couple times. You know, it's not it's not the norm. The norm is usually what ends up happening is you sit with a seller and you're like, hey, this is where I think the home should be positioned in the market. What do you think? Because you're not setting. Once again, you're not setting the price, right? The market's setting the price and the homeowner's truly choosing where to list it. You know, because most of the time what's happening right now is, you know, sellers are saying, oh, geez, my, well, my house is worth more. Yeah. You know, so they're overshooting the runway. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you'll have to price correct. Mm-hmm. Millennials and Gen Z are twice the size of the baby boomer population. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's interesting because you always hear about the baby boomers this, talking about like, economics and no all of a sudden now all the baby boomers are retired right. so then all of a sudden this job market frees mm-hmm. up and then th- uh, this causes xyz but what people don't realize is that you know as the population baby boomer gener- uh the size of their population was significant in what, what is the age like 1940s uh, 19 yeah 1946 to 64 so that size population was super significant back then but now right. gen z and gen y are together twice is almost i think almost a little bit yeah, yeah almost twice as large as the baby boomers Correct. so it's funny that people put so much emphasis on the baby boomers when now it's like all right we should shift our focus and start focusing on this new generation especially for like younger maybe aspiring real estate agents out there all of a sudden their generation right. is gonna be the one who needs it because everyone you know it is not everyone will buy a house but most people want to buy a house right and real estate is like the largest industry out there and pretty soon Generation Generation Y, well, Generation Y are already buying houses, but Generation Z, but they're just starting. Exactly. I mean, Generation Y is, you know, Gen 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 Y is the millennials are, are literally just starting to buy houses, mm-hmm. and for so, several reasons, the prices, interest rates, they've been you know living with mom and dad for a long time or whatever. But you know, people like you, the young professional entrepreneur that wants to be a realtor, is going to have a huge segment of the market that they're going to be able to, to talk with, and they're going to understand how to talk with them. So you're referring to like social media, social media. I mean, yeah. this, you know, this yeah. is what we, what we are doing uh-huh. is going to reach that audience. Yeah. I, because you're right. I mean, gen- social media has all of a sudden before generation Y, it, it, it wasn't even a part of daily life. And now it's all consuming. Right. Social media is everything. I mean, it's like now paid ad spend <laughs> is the number one choice for companies as far as marketing goes. And then social media brands having like a natural audience and compounding that right. is huge as far as what it can do for your business. And kind of, I mean, like why we're here today doing this show because right. our bottom line, sell more houses, create a network of real estate agents and help them grow as agents. Too. Right. So provide value. So exactly. So like these new generations of like Y and Z, they actually understand how to use social media mm-hmm. and they understand how their generation interacts with social media. So right, for, right from the get go, starting now, they have a huge edge yeah, well, over well, all their competitors because they get the game. Yeah. 
It's funny. We have someone taking a photo of us. But. Much bigger leg up. <laughs> so, you know, much, much, much bigger leg up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was, sorry. That was distracting. All right. So if you've been in the real estate game for 22 plus years and then your mentor has been in the game for however many combined years, probably what you guys got like 50 years of networking. Oh, easy. So that's awesome. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm really excited about this podcast is because we're going to be able to interact with some, like some really top dog right. real estate professionals. So yeah. getting people to come on and for you guys, the viewers, uh, you know, first episode, but in the future, we're going to have some like really, really cool guests on. I want to provide value. Yeah. I want to, I want to be able to provide value. And as I said earlier, I'm heart of a teacher. So mm -hmm. I want to provide value to the next generation that's going to bring this up. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we truly want to provide value. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tap into my network and get some of the best people on the market, or yeah. best people in our market and across the country to sit on our podcast and tell us how they did it mm -hmm. and what they're doing to be, be successful. That's awesome. I mean, that, what a, I mean, that's really cool. And I'm excited. Like, do you have any, um, can you talk about the credentials of like some of the guys that you're hoping to get on? Yeah. So, you know, there's people in Florida that I'm hoping to get on. There's people all through Maine that I know that, that are, that are super high producers. Some of the best people in the, in the industry, they do it the best. They're ethical. They know how to sell real estate and they know how to get leads, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, what we're going to tap into is easily some of the best people in the country. That's really cool. And then also it's like, these people are network. And then if you kind of like join our community, like this is like, this is, this is more than just uh social media. You see our faces on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. This is actually like oh. interpersonal connections. Like if you guys are ever made one, you know, we Tap are, into we, our network, we are agents, we can sell you a house, but we can also help you guys network. Yeah. And that's our goal because, you know, the more money you make as agents, the better off we're all going to be. So, right. because you're part of our network, right? right. So the, the better your network do, does, the better you do. So Correct. that's, what's really cool and unique about this show is that it's not just something over social media. This is actually, you know, relationships that are going to foster in person. Right. So, exactly. Anyways, I think that does it for today's episode. It's awesome. I'm super excited for the future, bringing on new guests, creating, growing our network through social media. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And that does it. This is awesome. I can't wait. This has been great, man. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for watching and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye. Peace.